This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Christian Perspective on the News. What a pleasure to reach this time on a Friday morning. That means we get to be in the company of Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. A very hearty good morning to you, Dr. Hammond. Thank you, Brad. Good morning. Well, this particular year, 2021, will mark the 500th anniversary of Professor Martin Luther's bold stand before the emperor with his momentous speech, unless I'm convinced by scripture or by clear reasoning that I'm in error. For popes and councils have often erred and contradicted themselves. I cannot recant because I'm subject to the scriptures I've quoted. My conscience is captive to the word of God. Mm. It is unsafe and dangerous to do anything against one's conscience. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. So help me God. Amen. And in this courageous stand, 500 years ago, Professor Martin Luther planted the seeds for the foundational principles which made Western civilization the most free and the most productive in the history of the world. In this short and powerful message is encapsulated the principles of freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of opinion, freedom of association, freedom of the press, freedom of worship, and all the other freedoms which are absolutely essential for a free and productive society. Yeah. It also encapsulates the principles of constitutionalism, of lex rex, the law is the king, not ruled by rulers, but ruled by law. Not the opinion and the prejudices of political leaders, but what is written in the law. And so Martin Luther's bold and brave stand was a dramatic resistance to totalitarianism or mm. statism. It led to the reformation principles of the priesthood of all believers, of equality before the Lord, separation of powers, of checks and balances. Because of the depravity of man, because of the fallibility of man, no one person or group of people can be trusted to have unrestricted power. All authority is limited authority. All authority is delegated by God, and all authority is answerable to God. And the principle of written laws based upon God's law as the foundation for free and a just society were spelled out in many other publications by the reformers. You cannot have freedom mm. without freedom of conscience and freedom of speech and freedom of thought, freedom of opinion, freedom of the press, freedom of association, freedom of movement. And no law is valid if it violates God's law. And no one has the right to command your conscience. Mm. And these are foundational for freedom and these are principles that come from the Word of God. The Word of God is the solid rock foundation for freedom and justice. And if we build our lives on the sand of humanism and human effort, then when the storm comes and the rains fall and the floods rise and the wind blows, then the house built on the sand will collapse. Mm. But the lives and the families and the economies and the countries built upon the rock of God's Word can endure storms. And the Bible gives many examples of conviction of sin, when individuals came to recognize that their conscience or testimony, that they violated God's law. Like Joseph's brothers recognized the guilt in betraying them into slavery when they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore this distress has come upon us. That's in Genesis, and 
Pharaoh even admitted his wickedness. Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said to him, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous. My people and I, we are wicked. And that's Exodus 9.27. And throughout the Bible, we see examples of conscience being lifted up and of the need to be weighed in the balances. And the scribes and the Pharisees were condemned by their own conscience when they wanted to stone the woman caught in adultery, and Jesus wrote the law down in the sand, and then he said, he was without sin, let him cast the first stone. Those who heard it were convicted in their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. That's in John 8. Mm-hmm. Now, we're told that conscience should be our guide. In Acts 23, verse 1, the Apostle Paul looked earnestly at the council and said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. God's law is written in our hearts. Uh, in Romans 2, verse 15, we read, To show the work of the law is written on their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves, their thoughts either accusing or excusing them. Romans 2, 15 makes it clear that God's law is written in our hearts, and of course, we can fear our conscience, we can dull our conscience, we can resist our conscience. And unfortunately, some people reach a stage where their conscience is dead. Mm. But we are born with an innate knowledge that stealing is wrong and lying is wrong. We, we, uh, it's confirmed by the written word, but so much of God's laws are originally written in our hearts, although sadly through indoctrination, through desensitization, through blatant rebellion, we can dull and fear our conscience. But does your conscience bear witness in the Holy Spirit? Romans 1 verse 9, we read, I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 1 12, we read, The testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundant towards you. It's so important in this Reformation, Father, as we remember, Martin Luther standing before the emperor, before the, all the powers, political and ecclesiastical, and making a stand, my conscience is captive to the word of God, which was more important. The, the issue wasn't so much his conscience, his subjective uh, uh, conviction. It's the objective word of God that his conscience was anchored in. Yeah. And so sometimes our conscience can tell us that something's fine, but if we're not well taught by the Word of God, our conscience could be wrong. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. So it's not so much uh, how I feel about it. It's what does the Word of God say? And of course, when we know for sure what the Word of God says, that we act in accordance with that. So it's important that our conscience is informed and is discipled and disciplined by the Word of God. We see in 2 Corinthians 5.11 that the fear of God can guide our conscience. Therefore, knowing the fear of God, we persuade men, and that we are well known in your conscience. 1 Timothy 1 verse 5 makes it clear that love must come from a pure heart, a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. Now, the purpose of the commands is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. We're told in the same chapter, 1 Timothy 1 19, that some people, having faith and a good conscience, rejected it concerning faith and they've suffered shipwreck. Mm. And so rejecting faith and a good conscience leads to a shipwreck of our lives. We need to have a pure conscience. 
1 Timothy 3.9 speaks about holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. Now, we've all violated our conscience at different times. And Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? We're told in Hebrews 10, verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In Hebrews 13, verse 18, pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things designed to live honorably. 1 Peter 2, 19, for this is commendable, if because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. 1 Peter 3, 16 says, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. And from these and so many other scriptures, it should be clear that our conscience must be informed, it must be taught, it must be discipled by the Word of God, and regeneration is essential. Our conscience needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to fear God, the eternal judge, and have our conscience cleansed by the redemption of Christ. God says that he will put his law in our minds and write it on our hearts, and he shall be our God and we shall be his people. Now your conscience is like a compass. And mountain climbers and explorers find a compass invaluable. However, a compass on its own may not be very helpful, because direction alone is not enough. Mm. But a compass to be helpful in finding a way to the desired destination, you need a map. And a correct understanding of where we are in reference to that map. And a, conscience, a compass is symbolic of our conscience. Mm. Compasses can be interfered with by magnets, and our conscience can be confused by misinformation, indoctrination, or false perception. And that's why just as a compass needs a map, so our conscience needs the Bible. And when you're hiking, if you come across a cairn, those landmarks built with piles of stones and as trail markers, these serve as object points of reference. Often they have a signboard. And if we're hiking and we find a cairn, declaring to us to be at a location that we thought we were far from, it's the cairn that has to be taken as objective reality. Our subjective opinions must give way when confronted with objective realities. Yeah. And the law of God is like those cans. It is objective reality. Facts don't care about your feelings. Truth does not fear investigation. And just as a mountain climber needs to map an objective landmarks, such as cans, to inform our decisions, so our conscience needs to be taught by the Word of God, the Bible, and be alert to objective landmarks, especially the law of God, to guide us in our daily decisions and in our discipleship to the law and to the testament. And if they do not speak according to this word, it's because there's no life in them. You've heard that from Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action on the William Carey Bible Institute. And it's available as a podcast later this morning for you to listen to, enjoy again, and to share at kpulpit.co.za. And you look for the channel Christian Perspective on the News. You'll find it there. The freshest episode, today's one, right at the top of the pile. Big thanks to you, Dr. Hammond. Have a beautiful Friday. Thanks so much. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.